straight, no chaser. So, Straight No Chase of the Podcast, welcome one and all. Thank you for tuning in. Please like, share, subscribe. We are available everywhere that you can get podcasts. So, Facebook, Anchor, Spotify, YouTube, Instagram, your mama sewing kit, everywhere. We are everywhere. My name is showing on this damn program. I'm about to change it right now. Please call me John. But... I'm just one of the foursome. Gentlemen, introduce yourselves. Rasheem, go ahead. You're not going by the great woman whisperer this week? You're not going to type that in? I'm going to introduce that one later, but you oh. know what? Let me give myself another nickname. Thank you for reminding me of that. What's going on, y'all? Rasheem. Uh, Big Ox. What's going on? It's your boy. Please shout all the teachers as this was the mm. first week back to D.C. It's going to be a very interesting year. Uh, yeah, that's all I got to say. KG. What up? Listen, Pete Got to talk about that. Major, major, major loss for everybody. Uh, Chadwick Bozeman, as everybody probably knows by now, uh, unfortunately passed away over the weekend um, from colon cancer, I believe, and was 42, 43, 43 years old, very young, um, took the whole world by surprise. That was really, really shocking to me. To me, that's going to be one of the most, you know, it's not good when anybody dies, of course, but for that, the way it came out and the surprise and everything else, that's really, I don't want to rank deaths, but I mean, that's right up there with like Aaliyah and Kobe and, you know, this kind of thing. So by all means, yes, rest in peace, Chadwick Bozeman and everybody. It was sad. It was a tough one. I think, uh, I mean, you you ask no questions. You just kind of just leave it out there like that. Well, I mean, it's just like, what were y'all? I don't want to soak up all the, the running time, but we want to just kind of go around. But like when somebody that is my age dies, I don't know how y'all feel about this. And the older I get, internet, I'm 44, by the way. The older I get, the unfortunate, more people I know that have died. And I'm getting to that stage where it's like my age group. You know what I'm saying? Uh, Mid-30s late 30s, 40s, mid 40s, so on and so forth. And it happens a fair amount. And it just makes you kind of wonder, you know what I'm saying, about your legacy. What do you leave behind? Chadwick Bozeman, for, to only have been on the planet for 43 years, uh, has cemented his legacy. He will not be forgotten. He will be in movies that people watch for generations. But um, most of us, 99.9% .9 of us are going to die and maybe be remembered by our loved ones at best uh, is just one of those things. So, gentlemen, what do you think? We're not trying to get too morbid and deep or whatever the case is, but, you know, how do y'all feel about this whole thing? And you said some interesting things. I don't, I don't think it has anything to do with I think memories and legacy is important. However, the, 
the reasons why people die is kind of what sticks out to me. So when Prince died, him having, you know, drug overdose, essentially, that was like, that was kind of crazy to me. And being Michael Jackson, you know, having his medical issue. With Kobe, obviously it was tragic. It was tragic in the sense that he was with his daughter. Like that, mm -hmm. I think that probably was the thing that got me more than him, you know, dying the way that he did. With Chad, though, it's health. Right, I mean, we always talk about. You always hear health as well, and to know that this brother lived with colon cancer for the last four years in the midst that he gave us some great, great movies, nobody knew about it. That's that's the part that kind of got me. Mm -hmm. I cried for two hours off and on um, after learning about his passing. Um, it was just a really to your point, John, like he's around, he's around, I, he was on campus the same time I was on campus at Howard University. And I didn't know him. I didn't even know if I saw him, actually. But his impact was, was immeasurable. And every time I saw him like do something, I just thought the brother had some really good energy, man. He was a positive dude. Um, you see more and more clips of him kind of doing things and saying things, articulating himself. And it's just, he's a real stand-up brother, man. I, I hate that. Something like, like cancer took this brother out, man. So fuck cancer. True. I mean, yeah. I think. I, oh, go ahead. My bad, bro. No, I was just about to say it is. Um, it, it it does hit differently when it's something. You know, death. You, you really can't prepare for death, like losing somebody. You know. Mm -hmm. Um, but it's it's a different kind of loss when it's something you didn't anticipate, expect. Nothing that you could have prepared for. Like if you know somebody is passing away, you can try to get your mind, right? Like if you know someone has a terminal illness, you know, you could try to get prepared, but to go to sleep, you know, one day wake up the next and be like, yo, he's gone. Mm -hmm. um, and I think to, to a point that um, Cage, you brought up is, you know, we, we were all part of a community that was rocked that night. Yeah. So, um, so within like, our entire community, there were people who knew him, there were people who knew of him, and there were people who, who knew folks who were mourning and then trying to be there for those who were mourning. And for those of us who knew him, like I know him tangentially, you know, it was head nod every once in a while uh, because of the things that I did on campus, I came in contact with a lot of people. Um, and when you see someone who is just genuinely a good dude and you like, that's like you want to see that type of success for those type of people and then see it snatched away because of a, um untimely death that it's, it was just a lot to process it was a lot to process at one time and, and to be a part of an entire community processing it that that was different um you know they got this six degrees of separation that everyone's connected to someone by six other people but if you connect it to Howard, that six degrees of separation usually shrinks to about three or two. You know what I'm saying? So, if, especially if you black in DC, like at some point, someone was connected to someone who was connected to him. Mm -hmm. And that was a real loss for a lot of us. You know, it, it, it was wild. Three. I don't know. I, I think the whole thing, I don't know what it is. I think different deaths hit people differently. I know this, this, I don't know, I still haven't been right for the whole week, you know, because I look at it like, 
you kept that to yourself and you did amazing work in movies, you know, the a multitude of things that he was doing and he never did it with a frown, you know, but at the same token, it's almost like I see a part of me in, in, in how he dealt with stuff because I'm not really a forthcoming person. Like I'll go through a lot of things, as y'all know. I'll go through a shitload of storm and stuff and not tell people who are close to me. And Kelsey and I have had some deep talks before, and you know, I, I can see how it could be looked at as selfish, but it's more of like the people that I care about, I don't want to put my burdens on them. So I'll deal with whatever I'm going through by myself. And if it happens to be the end of the road for me, yeah, it's foul. And it, dang, that happened to Neil. Neil was going through that. He never know. I can see myself doing that because I don't want to put a burden on anybody else. You know what I mean? And not saying that's what he did, but it's just like all the things he was going through for them four years. Mm-hmm. Yo, he's like, for lack of a better phrase, a superhero to me. He didn't complain. He wasn't frustrating. I mean, he wasn't complaining. He wasn't agitated. He was just, I don't know, man. I'm going to lost my words right now thinking about it. He was just a, a great human being to me. And I didn't know him either. You know, I mean, he was there when I, we were all there at Howard too. I know nothing about him, but just to hear his story and to know that's what he was suffering with, but the amazing body of work that he did, it's like, man, so I don't know. I'm still, I don't think I'm completely healed. It's, it's wild. Some people get up in the morning and stub their toe and they got to tell everybody throughout the day, man, I stubbed my toe this morning, man, that thing hurt. Like they got, everyone they bump into, they got to tell. This brother was suffering through some stuff and he was like, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I'm gonna live this life. I'm gonna live it the best way I can and keep it moving. Well, I don't know if he did this purposefully, but I feel like the people that knew, he was very intentional with who he shared with. And, you know, I was, my granddad always told me growing up, like, you know, the word, like, even just in the frat, you know, y'all see the South Five back there, but the model was friendship with the center to the soul. And when you think about like friendship, like when we say the word friends, and John, you're really big on who you call your friend and who who's an acquaintance or even just you know another person. Mm-hmm. I suspect not knowing this, but his close, like he's very selective with who he says is his friend. Mm-hmm. Clearly, even who is his family, because there was no leakage of this story. Zero. Mm-hmm. And only your friends and your, your closest loved ones can retain that type of information, even in the midst of some of the photos that were being depicted, you know, people were coming at him kind of a lot of different ways. And he went mm-hmm. through a lot of scrub this media. So, you know, to even think about that kind of stuff, there's a video out there where he's um, he's doing some press, a presser for Black Panther with, you know, some other members of the cast. He's talking about the two little kids that he saw that had cancer. And, you know, that, like at this very moment, like that's, that's, that's tragic, man. It's, it's on so many levels, like to listen to him tell that story, you, know, you just got to think about what this brother was going through and, and just kind of how he, how he busted up enough gumption to persevere through everything that he was enduring and still gave that content, still gave great interviews, still was insightful, still sharing. Um, I just saw one today where the brother who, uh, was, he was at a Waffle House and stopped the gunman. I, I, I forgot the, the black brother's name, but he gave him the superhero award from the MTV Movie Awards or something, whatever award show he was attending. That brother happened to be in the audience. He called him up on stage and he handed his award to him and said, you are a real life hero. Messing. That brother was made of something different. So 
when you when you when you see losses like that, it hurts you in a different kind of way. But see, that's kind of my thing. And I hear what y'all are saying, and, and a bunch of people have been saying this online, where he, if he told anyone, he told a very select group of people who all managed to keep their mouths totally shut, which is wonderful and good. But I wonder if he felt uh, unsafe, I guess, for lack of a better word, to divulge that kind of thing to people for fear that it would get out and maybe impact his career. You didn't know how people would, how can you be a superhero if you got cancer? You know, all these other different kind of things. And I find it so sad, almost, that like y'all said, he was consistently positive and trying to kind of, you know, be uh, the upstanding person that the characters that he portrayed were in real life. I'd never met him. I don't know anything about him. I don't know how much that was actually true or not as to his personality. But the fact that he felt uncomfortable, we're not talking about like going on Twitter and telling everybody, you know, I got cancer or something like that. But his co-stars, his co-workers, uh, nobody knew. You know what I'm saying? People that were his mentees and dealt with him, his producing partner, you know, people that worked with him and knew him for years and years and years. Nobody knew this. And I think that it is just sad and emblematic maybe of our culture that people do feel uncomfortable, like Neil said, kind of divulging these types of things because they don't want your pity. They don't want your whatever it is. And it, it's, it's kind of sad that we are always expected to be so strong, for lack of a better word, that, you know, you can't even tell people that you got cancer for fear that they're going to make fun of you. You know what I'm saying? Well, my grandmother kind of did the same thing. You know, y'all know how near dead my grandmother was to me, but she, uh, she didn't tell anybody that she was like terminally ill. Um, she died of the same thing that Bernie Mac had, um, sarcoidosis. And so um, I had no clue. Hmm. And when it happened, it was completely, like I, I remember when I, when I heard the news, I thought they was playing. I thought they, I thought they mixed up my grandmother with my great grandmother at the time. And I was just like, that, that doesn't make any sense. But I mean, she didn't tell my granddad. He didn't know. I think to your point, I, I don't, I don't know if it has anything to do with. It, it could have, right? I, in my mind, like it goes to a couple different places that if people knew about this, then it would definitely impact his ability to act. And that doesn't mean he could have beat it too, right? And then you've already you've lost it on the front end, and you may be. Uh, people may be skeptical on the back end too. So obviously you don't want to necessarily impact your career in that way. Mm. But also I think it ain't nobody's damn business. You know what I mean? Like if, 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 if Neil wants to keep things to himself, I can tell Neil, hey, I would love to kind of help support you through this, through this, whatever you're going through. But if Neil say, I want to do it by myself, that's Neil's damn business, that's prerogative. So I think we got to respect that man's choice and honor, you know, his legacy. So I think, Everything that he did, he was very selective with the roles that he took. He told some stories when he did the commencement speech at Howard a few years back. Mm -hmm. uh, he was like, I'm not, I'm not playing any roles that, that denigrates who I am or the grades who I am and my people. Like, I'm, I'm only going to do, I'm going to be very selective with what I pick. Mm -hmm. So he was the real deal. It's like people say, the good die young. And that's why Trump is going to live till he's like 150, because yeah. it's just kind of the way it is. I, I don't think it, it yeah, because you brought up the idea of like trying to be strong, um, not telling because you want to retain that. And, and I'm, I'm more along the lines with KG. It ain't nobody's business. 
and it's not and not not that I can think of what he was thinking, but if it was me, it's not that I'm trying to be strong, it's just I'm trying to be guarded. Because once I tell you, I have no control over what you do with that information. I have no control over how you think about it, who you share it with. I can tell you not to tell nobody. But I just don't trust human beings like that. You know what I'm saying? I, I, I don't. And and there are people who are within my circle. There are people I'm, 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 I'm cool with, I'm down with, I give them the shit off my back. But they not in the inner circle, like like KG talk about the circle of, of, of trust. So I may even pick who I share information with within the circle, and it's not because I'm trying to portray strength. It's just that you you have to be guarded over the things that are um that 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 are you know things that are going on in your life. You just I just don't think people should be as overexposed. Like I think we're used to folks being overexposed in this world. Like everybody share everything. Everybody got to tell everybody's business. Everyone's posting on Instagram what they ate for breakfast or what they they going to have for dinner and lunch. We overexposed, man. It's just the whole idea of of your life just being your life almost doesn't exist anymore. So when it comes out that he passed away, and, and almost nobody knew about it. And I think, you know, people are, people are sad to see him, to see him leave. But then I think that people are like, damn, he didn't even tell me. Uh, I mean, write you a letter. He didn't have to tell you his life. Cannot be denied. And Don't there is no people who lived in this household. Those ones who needed to know anyone else. That's just personal preference. Actually, the people in the house don't even need to know. I'm talking about his wife. Well, let me be more specific. His wife needs to know. Like that, that it, if he is met, if it's your girlfriend, and if that's your if that's your wife, just for planning purposes, I think it's better. Let me let me remove the word need for planning purposes. I think it's 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 best practice that your wife knows. I, I don't disagree with you. Like I was I was shocked when I found out. And I don't, again, my granddad had no idea. You know, she had refused to do all the things, the treatment and stuff. When he actually started cleaning out her, her stuff, my grandmother's, my grandmother's stuff, they found all kind of medical devices she was supposed to be using to help treat her condition. Never, never saw a lot of that. Hmm. You, 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 my, my aunt looked at the same thing, had ovarian cancer. Um, and I went back to New York. I went to pick up my brother who was staying with at the time saw her this is the last time i saw her and she had whittled away to this i mean like she was tiny and no one really knew what was going on to the point where people were speculating why she had gotten so thin i leave to go to california for um some gig i was speaking at and i got a call from my, my, my brother's girlfriend at the time talking to me how my aunt sharon passed and at first i'm like well, what the hell are you calling me for <laughs> And then I'm like, she was sick. Didn't know. And I, I wasn't in my feelings that I didn't know. Um, I was in my feelings because I had been away from New York so long and I hadn't spent, I hadn't gone back enough times to spend time with her. That's what, what had me in my feelings. Um, but you know, if she chose not to share it with me when I saw, I just was at the house. For me, it just, it was what it was. I some think people sometimes. remember for the good stuff. Like some people want to be remembered and be thought about when 
times were good. And when it happens, it happens, right? Like I, I could see myself withholding things like that and just having a good time. And then when I, my time expires, like, man, we had a good time with that dude. And that was it. I mean, um, for me, I do consider, you know, that, that word friend very, very uh, sacred. So, and I, I feel like I've told y'all this, if there's something that is going on in your life that you are like, I don't want to necessarily tell John this because I am going to absolutely be, whether it's good or bad, I'm going to um, probably take it as you do. So what I mean by that is when, if I was a friend of Chad's and he's sick and he don't want to say anything about it, but he's told me about his condition and everybody was talking about his weight loss and this, that, and the third, I might not air out the fact that he is sick, but I'm going to be on the internet like, yo, y'all don't know what the fuck you talking about. You should really shut the fuck up and leave his ass alone. And for that ma for that reason, he should rightly not have told me because I would have been in all the damn on the shade room, like find up the little keyboard or whatever, because y'all don't know what you're talking about. But he made the right decision. Um, not a single word leaked out about his condition throughout the whole entire time. And I mean, it's interesting. I just watched the uh, the Black Panther movie again, which was fantastic, as we all know. And he was in, of course, very good shape and so on and so forth. I mean, we all conjecture and, you know, thinking what he was thinking or whatever the case is. But I imagine maybe he just thought I'd beat it. You know what I'm saying? And I'm gonna be okay. And just was trying to be positive about it. And, you know, it is what it is. But um, everybody should, we are all in our 40s now. Um, we all need to take good care of our health. Uh, a good take, good take good care of our financial situations because we all got kids now, so on and so forth. All these things that I guess are hallmarks of being an adult. Uh, so gentlemen, do y'all have wills? Let's, let's get to that. Do you have a will and does somebody know where it's at? I do not have a will. I need to hop on that. I, I do not have a will. Mm-hmm. See? Yeah. I, I don't, a will is only necessary if there's like issues that need to be sorted out legally. There's really only what, three people at this point that has any say so on whatever my financial situation will be once I expire. So I don't, I don't really feel like I need a will per se. Right. Like, I will in the future for sure. Right. Like yeah, I, my, my beneficiaries are set. Like I got my beneficiaries set. So if anything happens to me, anything that belongs to me is going to my wife. So that's just how, you know, taking well, care. Now here's the, here's the thing though. Um, beyond that, if anything right. happens to her and I, at the same time, I need to make sure that baby girl's taken care of. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cause, cause um, that might be a, a different tussle. If there is no, uh, you know, you're right. It might not be a will. Maybe it's a trust. Maybe it's a this, maybe it's a that. But if there is no legal document that says, for example, your daughter gets the money or whatever, theoretically the state can come in and tax it, do this, do that. You can kind of, structure your um, finances so that you know you're missing out on the estate tax and you don't get hit with all these 
different fees and this, that, and the other thing. And beyond the financial aspect of it, what happens if, God forbid, you are uh, medically incapacitated? You know what I'm saying? And you don't want to hang on for years and years and years. You are absolutely correct. It needs to happen. So it's just something to think about, gentlemen. You know, just something to think about. Yeah. I do. Um, it is very important to me that, you know, everything is kind of settled and situated. Um, I have a very combative, litigious, let's say family. So I want to make sure that there is no controversy because I don't know if y'all have seen what happens when there is no will after somebody dies. And that's when the family starts coming in and taking the grandfather clock and let's go through where the jewelry at. Well, where's the, who got the land deed? You know, it just gets bad. So if everything is already straightened, I know what you want. We know what we want to do with the body. The uh, funeral expenses have been paid. He got life insurance. Everything is good. There's nothing for anybody to worry about or concern themselves with, but, you know, celebrating the loved one and sending them on to wherever they're going. And we ain't got to worry about all the rest of that. But what is, what are, who has your will, right? Where is it? It is located. I got a safe up here. And it's in my safe. And the combination of my safe is known by a couple of different people. My mother's one of them and my daughter's one of them. And what I'm saying is, what if somebody gets a hold of the will and destroys it? Then I have extra copies of it. And you can also file your will, or at least we can in my county. So, you know, if there's ever any kind, that's the probate court. You know what I'm saying? And I'm not trying to act like I'm a lawyer or whatever the case is. It's different for everybody's little jurisdiction or whatever the case is. From what I understand, you could write it down. Yeah, handwrite right. it and just put a date on it and put it in your underwear drawer and that's legal tender you know what i'm saying they got to they, if someone decided to they could take that to the court and say here's his last will and testament says it right there on a piece of paper signed blah 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 we, can somebody try to contest that if they so chose maybe but you know it is what it is I, just I something to think about contested. i'm writing mine's out tonight i mean it but can't hurt because the truth of the matter is Nobody knows. Nobody knows. Um, I read somewhere that Chad was getting in shape to get ready to film Black Panther 2. So, you know, that tells me that he was expecting to be there and be, you know, capable of filming the movie and so on and so forth. Unfortunately, he took a turn for the worse, but you never know. You know what I'm saying? And it doesn't really matter how old you are, your gender, or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Shit happens. So... We're Something to think nine. about, internet. We are on the back nine, for sure. It's a golf term. I feel like I am still trending upwards, but the truth of the matter is I'm probably plateauing and heading down in some nine. ways. I still feel like I'm in my prime. So Call me what you will. I've not been in the prime. You think you're going to live till you 90? See, that's y'all's hang up. I don't have that hang up. I hope to make it to social security age at best, knock on wood. I have no desire to last that long. That's the point I'm saying we are on the back nine. So again, that means you're on the, on the backside of the game and coming home. When you hit that 18 hole, that's it. The game is over. You can't go yep. to more holes unless you're tied up. So I'm saying that all of us, all intents and purposes, you're looking at the averages, we're on the back nine. Mm -hmm. but we are on you know, precious time. And Facts. You know, I think 2020 has taught us a lot of things, but if any, if nothing else is you got to live and live in abundance. Like, that's really the main takeaway I had from dude's life because I, I mean, I don't know if y'all have ever tried out for 
a play or a movie or, you know, some kind of creative artistic type stuff, getting a role is very difficult. And it could be for the community theater down the street. Imagine how many people read to be Jackie Robinson or read to be Thurgood Marshall, which by the way, he didn't look nothing like Thurgood Marshall or read to be, you know, James Brown or read to be the Black Panther. You know what I'm saying? For him to get those types of iconic roles, the competition had to be astronomical. And the fact that he got them over and over and over and over again demonstrates that he was uh, very special in a lot of different ways. It's very unfortunate, a loss for the community in total. So uh, do y'all think we're going to get a Black Panther too? Yeah. Who's yeah. going to be the Black Panther? Don't know. I don't know. I'm not going to speculate. I don't know. But they, I mean, they're not going to pull that out of the out of the uh, whole Marvel franchise. I mean, maybe maybe they were going to go that the, the, the story arc was going to take it like it did with um, the actual comics. So at one point in time, Shuri became the Black Panther. Mm -hmm. So it may be too soon for her to step into that role. But um, but yeah, they're not going to scrap that. I don't see it happening no time soon, though. No time soon. Yeah, no time soon. Maybe 2023, something like that. No, I'm talking about even further than that. That that was a that's big shoes to step into. You know what I mean? So yeah. it's it's not going to be a a quick fix. Maybe I don't know. Maybe I can't even see five years from now because that because think about it, like you said earlier, John. People are still watching the Black Panther. They're mm -hmm. looking at it over and over again. Little kids watching it over and over again. So. You know, I think I heard this one gentleman say, you know, growing up in our era, we had the prototype. Like for us, Christopher Reeves was Superman. You know, for 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 Batman, it was well, Batman has changed numerous, but for certain roles, it was that one person. So for Black mm -hmm. Panther, it gotta be Chad. You can't see anybody else in that role, at least I say at least five years, seven years from now, if they even do a Black Panther too. I mean, at the end of the day, the people who, I, I don't believe the people who did the first one are going to want to do the second one anytime soon. So I agree with you now, I don't think it's gonna be a quick, a quick thing. I believe that if anything, I mean, they, they I don't know, I, watch, I used to watch a show called Spartacus on stars when I had stars, you know, years ago. It was a great, a great little series. And the dude who was the title character of Spartacus he had uh, uh, lymphoma cancer and passed away after the first season. Mm. So uh, what they did, they did a prequel for the season two and they recast his role for seasons three and four. Mm. And he wasn't, the, he wasn't as good as the first dude, but they still kept it going because it, it was a money maker for stars. It's, it's quite possible for them to do something very similar um, in the Black Panther type of franchise, especially if it made a billion dollars. So you, you can't help but think they're gonna do something else to, to get some more money from that that franchise. But is that gonna have the same luster um, depending on who they get to do it? I think that'll invite some some folks to come out, but it won't be the same man, at all. Sad, but true. But, you know, um, that's unfortunately the way that it is. Speaking of things that might be a little bit sad, but true, we got to pivot a little bit because I got a little relationship type thing going here. And I kind of wanted to get y'all's feedback about this. I'm just trying to- What's the name of the show? What's the name of the show? What's the name of the show? 
name of the podcast is Straight No Chaser. You can find us everywhere. We're on Anchor. We're on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We are everywhere. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, so on and so forth, because this is the type of stuff that we talk about. Colon cancer, people dying, Wills, Batman, and all the different people who played them. You know you want to hear about that. So speaking of, now, I have a little situation, and this is a meme that, or not even a meme, a situation that's been making the rounds, I guess you could say, on, on social media, and I just wanted to get y'all's take on it, all right? So basically, I'm going to try to read this real quick. There's this gentleman on the internet that's called Tall Guy Car Reviews. That's obviously not his real name, but that's what he goes by on the internet. Tall Guy Car Reviews, all right? He was dating a wonderful and amazing woman for eight years and dumped her. That woman's name, his ex is named Kim. And she met him, his real name is Corey, the tall guy, car review guy. She met him eight years ago. He was in jail, okay? She basically helped him with everything. I'm reading a Kim's friend wrote on Kim's behalf. You can look up this man and you know see the whole thing. So he came out of jail. She basically helped him with everything. He was in prison for four years and she held him down. She helped him get a place. She helped him get his very first car and he created an extremely successful and extremely profitable YouTube channel reviewing cars. I would never dream of watching somebody review goddamn cars, but anyway. So basically she, pop, she supported him, made it possible for him to have a widely recognized million dollar brand, blah, blah, blah. So now he's a millionaire. When he broke up with his ex, Kim, after eight years, he told her the following. I don't believe in marriage. Marriage is not for me. I don't want kids and I don't want a traditional life because she wanted, she was getting uncomfortable with the level of success that he was at. She was uncomfortable with the level of celebrity that he was getting to. And she just kind of wanted a regular normal life. Whereas he is on the internet and he's on Instagram and he's, you know, a celebrity for lack of a better word. So they break up. However, after a year, he meets another young lady and immediately marries her. So now the problem is Kim feels some kind of way. My question to you all, gentlemen, is does she have any reason to feel salty about this situation? In other words, they got together, they helped each other for eight years, she co-signed for his first car that he did his first review on and blah, 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 but they were together for eight years and at the end of that eight year period, they did not get married. They went their separate ways. He told her that he didn't believe in marriage and that played a role in them breaking up. But then lo and behold, a year later, marries this other woman. So does the ex have a reason to feel salty about this? Anybody? Neil? Neil, this, this is your lane, man. This is the relationships. No, I, did, I think so too. Does she have a right to feel salty? He said that he, that he don't want to get married. That he and now he suddenly gets married. Right. Right, right. That he moved on and married somebody else. In a year, real quick. I mean, no. Did she see warning signs? Were there, was their relationship deteriorating during that eight years? Sometimes we see the sometimes we see the red flags, but we choose to ignore them. No. She could have she there could have been signs that the relationship was starting to separate. He might have been a workaholic and she couldn't understand it. Um, I don't know. There's a multitude of different things that could have popped off 
And was she aware of it or did she choose to ignore it? So if she chooses to ignore it and it continues on and you get the end results, she got to look in the mirror. Did I, did I contribute to anything to make him not love me anymore? For real, for real. So, I, you know, sometimes people say it's cheaper to keep them. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe in that because if you see the warning signs and the relationship is unhealthy, it might have been some signs. Yeah, we just not meant to be together. Or maybe I just don't want to be with your ass no more. It happens. That you whole thing. Eight years? That that to me, in my personality, in my point of view, there's no such thing as forever, ever. Mm. You know what I mean? I think everything has an expiration date. Whether it's six months, six days, six years. It come, you know what I mean? So eventually, eventually it's gonna come to an end to some degree. So I mean, it just didn't work out with you and him. It didn't work out between y'all. Enjoyed, enjoy the memories of the eight years that you had, but she probably feels salty because he's moving on. Is this chick younger than her? Uh, the problem with it is they're all over the internet and all over Instagram because he has proposed to this another woman and they're both Instagram social media influencers. So the ex has to see him proposing in the size of the ring and everybody sending congratulations. I mean, you know, she's human. She ain't got to see that. She can block everybody. Yeah. She, she, can, she can see what she want to see online. But my thing is, you was with Dude for eight years. Mm-hmm. And, and he got him straight out, out, out the bang. So, you know, he, he, he come out of jail. Right. And, and you helped get him set up. Now he making his money. And eight years? You, eight years. Eight years? Eight years with no ring, no proposal, none of that. Ladies, if any dude is trying to hold on to you eight years, you his side piece. You you his side piece. Don't do that. It's the truth. I mean, especially if a year after y'all break up, he marries his main chick. Probably that's what happened. Had a main chick. The only other alternative I see is that in 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 the course of the relationship, he rolled over one day and he looked at her and he said, I don't even like you. Said that to himself. Ouch. But he kept he kept around to keep up appearances. And then as soon as he was able to see himself getting closer to that other thing, it's a wrap. And he didn't tell her why, but he was close to the other thing. And then he kicks it with her. A year later, they engage. They get married. They having, they love fest. She she got played. She got played. I think she was a side chick. So she has a reason to feel salty. Yeah, I think she should be salty because she allowed herself to be in that situation, Um, or and 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 reassess um, the communication. Did he lie to her at all or anything? Can you can you point to? Um, I think he did though. You know what? She does have a right to be salty. I don't, I'm not with telling people how they should feel. If she wants to feel salty, she has a right to feel whatever way she wants to feel. But I also think she needs to accept the reality that dude ain't want to kick it with you. You was probably the side piece. And now he got the woman he really wants. All right. Let me ask you this question. Does she have a right to be disappointed, upset, panties in a bunch? Absolutely. She wasted eight years of her life. That's how she, I'm assuming that's how she looks at it, because she's made this investment, and in, not only in him, 
but I imagine she did a lot of the legwork to help get his YouTube thing up and running. You said she contributed to that financially. What she really pissed about is the fact that you're making this money, you probably surpassed her income, and she was looking to cash in too. And unfortunately for her, she is a, a lower income woman from his perspective. And his new chick is the higher income woman that he wants to be out in public with on his side. And so, you know, he, he felt like they probably weren't going to be equally yoked if people want to go biblical. This, this, is the, this is the woman that he proposed to. All right. What's the other one look like? We don't, we don't have a picture of the ex, but this is who he has decided to put a ring on it. So she is also, like I said, social media. This woman, I can't remember what her name is, but she's like, You've seen some of her little clips. She's a little Instagram comedian. I have not seen her at all. Sure. I mean, the other people that's on social media. Well, here's the deal. At the end of the day, what it sounds like is this other woman that's on social media, he's on social media. So they both, it's, it's, it's wouldn't be surprised for them both to kind of have their phones in front of them at all times to kind of film stuff. Mm -hmm. And they, that's how they make their money. His other woman might be like, man, put your phone down. He's exactly. like, it might be how I make my money. So, you know, again, she has a right to be upset. Um, she won't ever get him back, at least not the way she wants him. And uh, that's it. Y'all, no different. It's, it's, that's no different than the dude who, um, the little model dude who got a, who, he wasn't even model. He got arrested, and they put his little mug set out, and they they made him a model after that. Prison Bay. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, him. His his ex old lady. Y'all grew her. <laughs> he was like, I'm out. And he got with the other chick, and she ended up dubbing him and playing him a little bit. So now he's he's back on. I think he's back on the market, but still, you know. He was on uh, at first when he got locked up. The dude that you're talking about, he had a woman and his baby mama, whatever the case is. And he met after he blew up because everybody loved his picture or whatever the case is. He got with like an heiress or like some British heiress or something like that that was yeah. worth buku bread. But then they broke up, and now he's dealing with somebody that's on like reality TV. So he keeps on failing upwards. That's just kind of the way that it goes for him. He, he fell down to the heiress. The heiress is failing up for sure. I um, mean, not as cute as the reality TV chick. The shorty did look familiar because uh, actually I do follow her. She's a little comedian. Exactly. Be doing skits. Cute. Yeah. Cute as all get out. So he probably, he probably, um, that was probably an upgrade for him. That was probably a serious upgrade. Because I just went and looked at the, the Instagram. I'm like, oh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, the problem with it was from what I read on the little post that the best friend made that she wanted a regular life. She wanted a nine to five. She wanted him to come home. She wanted him to put his phone down. But like KG said, that's literally his career. So they just had a conflict of interest. And the best friend said that he dumped her. But to me, it read that they just simply had a parting of the ways. He was going in one direction. She wanted something totally different. The marriage aspect of it means nothing they just was on two different levels and unfortunately sometimes love is not enough and you got to go your separate ways and that's just the way it is and a year later he meets somebody that is on his wavelength and it's into all the same things that girl's probably toxic he was probably just hanging around and hanging around for the, well, the fiance the first one the first, the first one the first one potentially was like i'm gonna help this dude get on his feet by doing this helping invest in his with his dream 
you know, a lot of black women get chastised for not believing in the black man's dream. And here's this woman supporting the dream. Mm-hmm. The dream actually happened. But while the dream is happening, you know, you said, John, she's probably like, you know, put your phone down. And he's like, listen, my dream is popping off. I need you to still be there. Right. And unfortunately, they did, They both didn't play their positions in the way that they, they both kind of, you know, planned it out to be. And it just didn't work out. That happened. That's life. It happens. Happens on a regular basis. But, and I but again, to be, to be, Again, straight no chaser. Does she have a right to be upset? She absolutely does. Um, she's probably kicking herself for helping him, helping support his his venture, but the venture worked. So, and she didn't like the way that it was working out, that it, how it impacted her personally. And that's fair. But she should be. She she should applaud herself for being able to help a brother come out of prison, mm-hmm. land on his two feet develop, a, you know, a successful career. I don't know about a career now. Come on now. Well, well in, this, time. In, this age, time. in this this social media technology age, and then help him find true love. Like, she should applaud herself for that. I mean, so many women have a hang-up about helping a dude. They don't want to be used. They don't want to feel like, you know, I'm coming in and I'm co-signing for him. He's a hobosexual. Y'all heard of that, right? So, Women hate that kind of thing. However, on the flip side of that, they are constantly talking about, well, you know, what do you do for me? What do you bring to the table? What can, how can you make my life better? It's a definite um, uh, break in, in the logic here somewhere between men and women, but you know, gender wars is gonna continue on. All I know is, I, I guess I would put it to you like this, like what if you was with a woman for eight years and you wanted to have a baby and she did not? She was adamant about not having no kids. You really wanted to have a child, and ultimately that was played a role in y'all splitting up. But then a year later, here her ass come pregnant with somebody else. You would feel some kind of way. That's kind of what happened on Insecure. Mm-hmm. I guess. <laughs> I suppose. Yeah. Um, I, um, maybe yeah. some kind of way. I, I, hell yeah, with this type of way. Yeah, I know. I, I don't I don't really take breakups to heart like that. I don't. I mean, that's because I mean I, I got an opinion about that, but yeah, okay. If, if it, like if, if we if we broke up because you didn't want to have a child with me, I'm gonna see that. I'm gonna be personally offended by that. No, he's his scenario was you wanna have a kid and she's right. and she's saying no. Eight years. And and, and she's like no. After a certain point in time, one, I ain't going to stick around for eight years. After a certain point in time, I'll be like, you don't have no kid with me? What's wrong with me? You think something wrong with me that you don't have a kid with me? She could say, sing this, I don't. I just don't want to be a mother. One, if I want to have a child, I'm not going to be with someone who doesn't want to have children. I'm not going to try to convince you to have a kid. It's your body. My wife said, my wife said something that is extremely on point. For a woman to, 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 to get pregnant and have a trauma. That is the most trauma that they're going to go through probably in their entire life. Physical trauma, mental trauma, emotional trauma. I'm not going to force that on a woman because I want to have a kid. No. If I want a kid, I'm just going to go find me a woman who wants to have a kid. You in your 40s. Dudes, I've been like that in my, in my late 20s. Dudes in their 20s and women in their 20s. Maybe these dudes. I'm just saying, I've been very general. Okay. Dudes in their 20s 
And we know plenty of dudes that when we was in our 20s and they was in their 20s, they had kids. Mm-hmm. We know plenty of women who were in their 20s when we were in our 20s that had kids. Mm-hmm. Same thing in, their, in our teens when they were in their teens that had kids. Mm-hmm. People do absolutely force kids on people, at least at that time. Yes. As a 40-year-old, you know that you can't and shouldn't do things like that, but it still happens. But I'm not talking about it, it happening. I'm talking in the context of how I would feel in that situation. I am not going to force a child on anybody. Yeah, me neither. I'm with you. Yeah. And if you don't want to have a kid with me, shoot the deuces. And if you pop up pregnant a year later, that tells me something about you. I'm be like, yo, I, do- I dodged the bullet. I dodged the bullet. And I'm going to be fine with that. I'm going to be A-OK. Have fun with your family, with whoever the father is. I'll send you a gift to, 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 the, to the baby shower. You lying. I ain't lying. <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I see your point of view. Just petty. I just said a gift. I see your point of view, but that still seemed kind of foul. Like, we used together for eight years, and I agree with you. Eight years, I ain't staying that long. But eight years, and we, I talk about a child, and you're like, nah, nah, I don't want one. No, that's not in my... And all of a sudden, we break up, and you... Eh, I be in my feelings. I'm not like I'm not going to be like, oh my God, why it wasn't me? I'd be hurt for a little minute though, you know. But I mean, like you said, I, I might have dodged the bullet, but that's just foul though. It, it, it is foul. You can't now. Don't get it twisted. You can't tell a woman when to have a baby. But just the thought, we was together for eight years. We so called I hope loved each other. You were like, no, nah, I want no baby. Never, no, it can never happen. I don't want it. No way. We break up, and then now you got a baby. It stings for a little bit. It stings a little bit. Do you think, do you think as you get older, love is as important to be like a, a, a notion to get married? I know when you're young, people get married for love. The older you get, love isn't necessarily the priority. It's in the mix. I don't know if it's the priority. Do you guys agree with that? For me, it is. You know, I'm an emotional sucker. The, the love aspect got to be there. So you would, so you love somebody, but their credit was horrible. You would, you would be okay with that? You would still marry them? We're going to have that discussion before I get to the I love you part. No, no, no. I'm, I ain't I'm, just going to meet you on Monday and be in love with you Tuesday. So we really? I'm talking about really people getting married <laughs> when they're young. They don't ask questions about your credit. They don't ask questions about, you know, your, your mental stability or anything like that. The older you get, you have more experience. So those other things become as important, if not more important than just love. So if you are piss poor managing your money, would you still marry that woman even though you loved her? No. Okay. Mm. Yeah, and for me, uh, just to touch on something that Neil said before we jump off of that. Neil, when you was talking about she got a kid, you'd be looking at her like she foul but you still be in your feelings. For me, at the moment I recognize you as foul, you're not worth me being in my feelings over. Like if you're foul, you're foul. Like why am I gonna be in my feelings over someone who's foul? I'm not doing it. So, you spent eight years with her. And? I, and? <laughs> you're a cold dude. <laughs> I, think, I think most people can separate like the, the person that did, did the foulness. The hard part is realizing like I played the role in this and like accepting what you did to put yourself in that situation and learning to trust your own judgment and all the other good stuff. What they did is what they did. 
But then once you once that's gone, you still got to kind of deal with the fact that, okay, I let that person, whether purposefully or not purposefully, my decision making put me in this position. And now you got to learn to trust your own judgment again. And that's what really jacks people up after they go through these kind of very traumatic, emotional little situations. You said, um, would you marry somebody if it, it only for love? For me, um, love is definitely the most important thing. I have zero desire to get married ever again. However, um, if you got bad credit, you got a bunch of kids or whatever the case might be, I like to think that if I loved you, maybe I wouldn't marry you because again, I don't want to marry nobody, but I would still be with you and be in a relationship with you or whatever, 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 because that to me is like different. You just, you that's your shit to deal with. And part of what I bring to the table is trying to ameliorate all of them little problems. I'm gonna fix you, you fix me. And that's what this whole thing is supposed to mean. That has literally never worked in my life, but that's what it's supposed to do. That's what I think it should act like. Anyway. Well, you know, I don't, I don't, um, I don't question my judgment at all when it comes to relationships and stuff. I, I just don't. Like, I'm not gonna be in, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna put myself in a position of second guessing my own decisions. I just won't do it. I'm gonna make a decision and that's that's the route we you know you got you got you got a spotter and you got a trigger man. And 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 the one who's the spotter is like oh, the wind is like this and no they you know you know move a little bit to that da, da, da. but when it, when he says go the trigger man just pulls the trigger he ain't second guessing it I'm gonna do all the spotting up front and then when it's time to pull the trigger, I'm gonna pull the trigger. I'm not gonna second guess my own judgment. It's not gonna happen. So with respect to to a woman, like I'm not gonna like, in my 40s, hell, even in my 20s, love was not the 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 most pressing thing for me in a relationship, which is probably mm. what got me in the biggest issues when I was in my 20s, because they looking for love and I'm looking for respect. I'm looking for level-headedness. I'm looking for good communication skills. I'm looking for someone who could teach me something. <laughs> I know, I know, I know, but continue, continue. We gonna play the game. Go ahead. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I was right on time, John. <laughs> no, but I, I like that. He was like, I'm looking for perseverance and respect. But you know what, no, I, Where does the ass come in? That's what I want. Because love is not gonna take you but so far. Like it. If we love each other, but y'all can't even have a conversation. You, you say, I, "Listen, man, I love you, bro." You saying that stuff now, and you you always been on point, dude. But back then, come on, man. Nah. Now, now, you know what it is. I think I think Kelsey said a, a a beautiful thing, and I agree with it because it made me really sit there and say that. Y'all know me. I'm always have been and always will be an emotional type dude, and so now in the sense of when I gauge those two L words, when you know, in in the in the in the chance of finding a mate again, do I want love or loyalty? Mm. Still, I'm still on that love, yo. You know what I mean? Like the purest essence in the purest form, the purest form of somebody being in love with you or somebody being loyal to you, yo. You could be. I, I need that love. Millions of people that I've asked before, they're like, we need loyalty. I'm like, in my mind, shit, you could be loyal to me for a reason or up to a point. But if you in love with me, to me anyway, that encompasses 
everything. But anyway, we ain't gonna talk about this forever. But that's I, exactly I, what we're gonna talk about. Yeah, let's go there. Yeah. Okay, so time out. Which is more valuable to you, love or loyalty? I gotta shout out John for using the word ameliorate in a sentence. I knew you was looking I, it up. I did look it up. <laughs> I knew. Make better. I was like, that's good, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Ameliorate means to help and to fix. I just said that, man. Yeah. But I mean, if you're going to touch on it, like, I don't know. Like, to me, the purest essence definition of love. And as a matter of fact, I don't even think there is a universal different definition for love because love varies based on individual. But for me, yes, I want somebody to be in love with me. I want to be in love with somebody. And to me, in my world, that encompasses what Rob was saying. I'm gonna respect you, I'm gonna be loyal with you. Shit, y'all have seen me in love before. John used to say it back in the days at the wedding. After I fell in love with my previous past, I ain't wanna hang out, I ain't wanna go nowhere. My whole, at that moment, I was in love. Let me ask you a question. Go, go there, go ahead. Oh, I'm going there too. I know, <laughs> I know. Do you have to have sex to find love? Like, would you be willing to, to do a, find love and be celibate in everything yes. you're talking about. Yes. At my age now, you can give me the look, but we're talking about maturity. Me now at 47, Neil, yes, I could. But the old Neil that you knew from back in the days, oh, hell no. Does anybody hell. believe Neil? I don't believe Neil. I believe him. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Rob. I believe him. I believe you. You believe, I believe, you believe Neil would date a woman for yes. whatever number of time and not be intimate with her. Yes. Wait, now, while watch this. Are we enjoying each other's company? Laughing, getting to know each other, the whole spiel? Everything's, everything is great. It's copacetic. It's in, perfect. In, it's familiarated. In, intimacy, is not, <laughs> intimacy is not just having sex with them. I didn't say that it was. I'm talking about... But you said and not be intimate with them. He could well, still be intimate. Not be sexual. How about that? Is that a good okay, all right. all right, all right, all right, all right. I, I believe it. I mean, as y'all know, I've been dating somebody uh, for the past couple years. And she what? has been, uh, I have been dating someone for the past couple years. Oh, okay. And uh, she is very serious about what, why, why? Don't do that. <laughs> he is very serious. Oh, no, because you froze for a second. That's why he was like, you really did freeze for a second. We just want to make sure we heard you. Okay, okay. Yeah. So my point was that uh, she has been isolating during this whole COVID period. So we haven't been intimate in months. And, you know, while it is somewhat of an, if I mean, for me, it is somewhat of an issue. I'm sure it is for her. It's not like a deal breaker kind of thing. You know what I'm saying? Now, 20 years ago, I don't, I don't, I wonder what like young people are doing. They don't give a damn about no COVID. They're yeah, like, we, we out there, we getting it in. I don't give a damn. Yo, I got me going right now. Yeah. I know he wants to say something stupid. Oh, yeah. Straight no chaser. Listen, my wife, my wife asked me, well, what would you be doing if he wasn't married? I was like, I'd be doing everything I want to do. Like doing COVID. I would be out doing the most. Absolutely. But would you really? Yes. But I mean, because I am, I, okay. Yes. <laughs> so like, you're out and about here, you're doing your thing, you're driving around, but in the end, it's just like, so, I'm not saying I would be out there like hoeing. I'm saying I would be out there traveling. I would be visiting my friends. I would be doing like life. I wouldn't. I wouldn't be like sheltered in the way that I am right now. Like I'm. I'm moving. I'm intentional in moving. Very, very different. I'm at home. 
I'm wearing my mask when I go out. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I told you I play golf in a damn face mask. Like, I I haven't gotten any massages, you know, since this thing has happened. Um, come on, what's wrong? I'm just. I'm interested that you, you, previous to the COVID period, you were regularly getting massages. That's just part Absolutely. of your self-care routine. Absolutely. Self-care is critical for me. Very much. I've done nothing except work out. And it's, you know. I hear that. Hey, ain't nothing. Everybody got their little lane. You know what I'm saying? You got your little thing that, you know, brings you joy and comfort. For you, it's massages. For Neil, it's tattoos. You know, whatever. I get it. So, I mean, uh, I think we've got that one down pat. She has, she can be sad, she can be mad, she can be pissed off, but ultimately they go in their separate ways. Uh, loyalty over love every time. And what else? Actually, I, I feel like trust. Trust, loyalty, love, it's all kind of synonymous. Not. I guess you could say. It's not. Love, trust, loyalty. All of them have to kind of exist in tandem, they, I guess. They're points of intersection, but they're not synonymous. Not synonymous. So can you trust someone without love or without loyalty? It's They all work together. You can trust somebody without love. Yeah, you can trust someone without love. Now, I don't know if you could trust them without loyalty, but one may be dependent on the other. Yeah. But, but, but yeah, um, your trust isn't dependent on love. There are a bunch of people I trust, but I don't love them. Mm. I, I trust I trust my, 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 my career pathways manager to get her job done. I mean, that's different from, I mean, what I, I don't even know the right way to say this, but like the trust that I'm talking about is like trust in uh, knowing that that person is going to kind of be there and do back. not your coworkers. Now, I trust you to wake up and bring your ass in here to work. Yes, okay, that's trust, but eh. You talking about relationships? For example. Um, you trust everybody in your family? In my family? Yeah. Well, they ain't watching this, no. Do you love them? What's that again? Do you love them? They ain't watching this. <laughs> so, some people in my very tight inner circle, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I, again, people throw that L word around too loosely. Everybody people don't get it. Word around. Everybody don't get it. Everybody don't get it. There's levels to love, though. Everybody don't get it. I'm not saying they do. I'm saying it's levels of love. And that's why I said, that's why I said too, I don't think there's a universal definition for love. What's love for me could be like to somebody else, mm-hmm. could be whatever to somebody else. So I don't think it's ever fair to say this is love. You could say what is love to you right. as an individual, but there is no big da 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 this is what love is. I don't think that should exist. I'm sure that every last person on here and everybody that's listening has had some foul stuff done or said to them by somebody who ostensibly loves them. So if your love is like detrimental or uh, only really exists verbally, like you tell me that you love me, but you're doing some foulness, keep your damn love. And for me, and for me, and maybe this is older me, I want to feel like this has been consistent. If you are doing foulness to me, then you don't love me. I don't believe you. I don't care what you say. I don't care. I don't care what the, the familial relationship is. I don't care what the friendship is. I don't care what the, the, the romantic relationship is. You can't claim to love me and do foul stuff to me. 
you and in my brain, I disassociate it. Bro, women, I got a, I got one. No, hold on, I got here Kelchick's point. You said you don't know. You don't know. You that, fam? No, I, I hear what you're saying. I just don't know if I can wrap my head around that being accurate. I think there's a lot of things that I, I go. I was I was about to say there's a thin line between love and hate. Mm -hmm. And love, when you love somebody so much that it hurts, hurt people hurt people. And I'm not saying they do it intentionally, but when you're in an elevated state, you're in an emotional state, people say and do things that are emotional and unintentional. And there are mm -hmm. consequences to that, to your point. Mm -hmm. However, it doesn't mean that they don't love you. I think it just means in that moment, they, you know. Make mistakes. But what, what, what we tend to see is that that moment is reoccurring. And, and it's not just a moment. But the, I think love. It happens over and over. And here's my thing. If but you said something too, though. But if, if it's if it's continual. But you said you want a woman who is level-headed, right? And in yeah. my mind, when I hear level-headed, I, I think that's somebody who is in control of their emotions. And for me, like, I, I really, I tend to gravitate towards women in the past mm -hmm. who are level-headed, right? Like, right. my wife is, she's not, like, too high, not too low. Like, she's here, and I'm, I'm good with that. I have dated women where it's it's been like this and it was fun at times but then it's like man god damn what's wrong you know what i mean like this is the most roller coaster so i, I go back to your to your thing around that level-headedness is a, is a critical component for someone like me where i don't i don't like my stomach's hurt my stomach's hurts hurts when i go on the roller coaster like I'm, mm -hmm. i can't go up and down like that i need to be here and we have a little bit of fun like here but all of this, this i'm good so so here's my thing um i have i have dated women who had been that roller coaster and no matter what they was always sharp with their tongue no matter what i right? never had that I no no, no control whatsoever right so then i meet my wife when i first met her i was like oh she got she sharp she sharp tongued like i could tell just in what she was saying how she was talking about stuff like she she will cut people quickly then when we got to a point where we dated, got married, and people are like, oh, you married her? Because she will cuss you out in a heartbeat. Like, when you talk about up, like, she she goes up there. But that's a defense mechanism, too. But but here's the thing. She ain't never done that with me. Damn it, that's what I like. <laughs> I, think, I think she might have done it once, and we had a conversation. And it has never happened again. Yeah. And, and what I mean, she has, what she, what, what she consciously does is even when her, so I can't equate emotion with talking to someone out of pocket. You could be emotional, but you still don't got to come out your face funky. People come out their face funky because they just funky folk. So you could be emotional, but you got to commit that if you're talking to someone you love, you got to commit that whatever comes out your mouth has got to go through the prism of love. If you do not make that commitment to yourself, then that means you just like, they just gonna have to hear it the way it comes out. You're talking about somebody speaking consciously. Like they have to be a conscious person. To and, and, and since we already agreed, I didn't really agree. Y'all said it since you all already said that love is a bunch of different things. For me, love means that you are conscious and aware of what your words and your actions um, do to the person you are in love with. I agree with you. 
like I, I, I don't disagree with anything that you're saying because we have a we have rules when we argue in my house. So there's certain things that can't happen when we argue. For example, you can't cut the other person off when they're talking. That's just like a small example. Um, we don't yell. Like there's no yelling in my house, except to my daughter, because she, she needs it sometimes. <laughs> uh, other than that though, like there's, you know, we, we, we have a, a level of um, like rules that we govern ourselves by. So to your point, you don't get to that point where you, you can't take things back. Like your words matter. Mm-hmm. Um, how you say it, when you say it, um, how you make somebody, you know, just how you make somebody feel, all those things are critically important. So I'm with you. My wife is watching on Facebook and she said, when I said it, it may have happened once and then we talked about it, she said, it didn't even happen once. You cut that short. <laughs> she said, you cut that short, babe, quickly and lovingly. Cut it short. But sometimes you got to cut stuff short. I mean, I guess, I guess, um, oh, go ahead, John, my bad, go ahead, John. Go ahead, go ahead, Neil, you don't say nothing? Yeah. No, I was about to say, I think it, you know, like I said, I think love is defined by the individual. There's no universal phrase to it, but when you were talking about how somebody, you know, for me, I look at it like if I'm dating or whoever I'm with, if I do some dumb shit, I want you to tell me, Neil, that was some dumb shit, and you ain't got to tell me in the most loving way. I want you to let me know at that time whatever I did. Now, in the confines of us, if I'm out in public, oh, hell no, I'm not going to embarrass you in public. I don't want you to embarrass me in public, but I want you to let me know as soon as we walk through the door, babe, you know I love you, but what you said earlier was some dumb shit. And we'll talk about it, whatever. Don't let me go on doing actions that you are not either A, supportive of, or you think is not becoming of me, and just let it slide. Check me at that moment. And if you need to pull me up and be like, Hey, come here. We gotta have this talk, but I know it's out of love. I know you're not trying to belittle me. I know you're not trying to embarrass me. But if I fuck up, check me immediately at that time because if it happens again, because think about it, if you don't check something at that particular time, yes, yeah, the question. Go ahead. Let's say y'all out on a date, and y'all in public. Say y'all at a restaurant, or something. You don't open the door for you, for or something like that, and she check you right there. You comfortable with that? No, I just said, don't embarrass me in public. But if we in the car or the confines of the house later on, they'd be like, yo, Neil, you slipping. But you, oh. just said, you just said to check you right there. No, no, but I said, don't check me in public. Check me when we're on the one-on-one. That's not the point. The point. The third point. Or that the, which one is... I, I heard him. I understood what he said. I heard him say, when we get home, right, be like you was on that BS. Yeah. yeah. In front of the kids? One on one, no, not in front of the kids. Hell no, hell no. I don't believe that. Like whenever it, you know, if it's that a situation where I do get married again and we have kids or whatever, no, the kids don't need to see that. You know what I mean? But at the same token, eh? At the same token, if if somebody does something, um, I don't know. I don't want to use the word disrespectful or where your feelings get hurt. I don't think there's anything wrong with letting that person know, like, hey. What you just said hurt my feelings. Yeah. You know what I mean? Let your point get across. Even if it is in front of the kids. So that means your kids will hopefully look at it as like, okay, yeah, daddy, you did mess up. Or yeah, mommy, you did mess up. And mommy and daddy was able to check you on it. And you respect, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because think about when kids go to school. Or they're not away, or they're not around you. And somebody disrespect them. How are they going to act? How, how are they going to, you know what I'm saying, uh, react to it? So yeah, I don't mind. If, if 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 you're in the presence of mommy and daddy and mommy did something foul or daddy did something, not, I don't want to say foul, 
but to hurt the other's feelings, yeah, why not address it? But it's in how you, it's it's the way you address it. I think that that will alleviate a lot of situations. Well, I hear that. You know, um, I don't know, man. We've we've touched on a whole lot of things here: love and yeah. death, and Batman, and all other kinds of things, man. That's that's deep. I I got a little I something I want to say. <laughs> I'm reading this. Why do black people think saying I forgot about you is a form of payment? <laughs> why do why do black people think saying I forgot about you is a form of payment? Like, you roll up on me, John, be like, hey, where that fifty dollars at nail? Yo, I ain't forget about you. <laughs> about you, I got you. That's just letting you know that I I remember, you remember. Don't ask me about that shit no more. I got you. No, I still ain't got it, but I know I owe you it. Right, right, right. I got you. Yeah. It should be followed up with like a certain time frame. Like, yo, I ain't forget about you. I'm getting paid on Friday. I got you. Something like that. If it's just like, I ain't forget about you. Yes, he did forget about you. <laughs> but then the Keltrick's point, what if it is Friday? Yo, John, where my money? I ain't forgot about you. You must have because it's Friday. I'm taking all your DVDs. I'm taking all your shoes. It hits you with, I ain't forgot about you before you even ask him about the money. Like, I ain't forgot about you. So that it's a preemptive strike. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Well, fellas, and you're frozen. Again. I mean, I'm back. So, <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I mean, uh, straight no chase of the podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends. Time out. Yes. Need an update on these little things y'all be telling us about. These little questions for these little these people in these relationships. Oh, ain't no feedback. You ain't get no feedback. I don't go looking for it. So I got some feedback. I got some feedback. We had a, a episode, I don't remember, weeks ago, where the woman was like, she was dealing with a dude and he was real busy and she didn't quite know what to do or whatever, whatever, whatever. Um, basically, he's on the back burner and she's moving on with the dude that was actively talking to her. So the, the story was this guy wanted her, but he was real, real busy. This other man was showing attention and affection and trying to get in, but he was kind of like, eh, nah. she really wanted to be with man A, but man B was showing the energy. And she was just like, should I try it? What should I do? Well, come to find out here weeks later. You didn't say nothing about two different dudes. You just yeah, said, just said yeah. who was living elsewhere. Yeah. Right. And he had the opportunity to visit. And at the last minute, he was like, oh, no, no, no. This is a, like, this was even before then. This was like, y'all don't remember. I said she was the guy was real, real busy. There was another man that was showing interest, but she wanted to be with the first one. And she was like, we can't quite get settled. And I got this other guy that's kind of buzzing around and in my ear. I don't remember that. Well, she got that with was, the second that guy. Was that was the other podcast. Yeah. That was like one of the, it's like the first or second episode. It was a we long time. We didn't even do it like this until we had like like episode like six or seven. Wrong again. Go back. For everybody out there on the internet, go check out episode maybe two and around the end, we kind of discussed this, all that to say she got with guy B and here's my point. Go where you're wanted. Okay? <laughs> go with the people who want to be with you. If you got to constantly uh, wonder where somebody is, why they ain't talking to you, why they don't respond to you, why they ain't texting you. Fuck that. Somebody else will. You got one time to not respond to something that I do 
that will be the last time because I'm moving on. Anyway. Whoa. My grandmother said that to me when I was a kid sitting in the uh the kitchen. No, the little dining area next to off the kitchen in, in White Plains. And she was like, learn to love the one who loves you. Mm-hmm. That was good advice. Yo, people always say on the internet, you know, what's your type? What is your type? My type is the type that likes me. So let's establish that. If you into me, I'm into you. That's just my personal opinion. It is. I don't have a type. So where can they find us at, John? We are everywhere. We're all number. Let me let me touch on Kiltrick. You married? You do got a type? Let's. No, no. I have a. I mean, I have a selection. Gotcha. Well, I if people look at the people I dated in my past, they wouldn't be like, oh, he likes this this type of woman. It's just this. There's no type. Yeah, it's 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 been a um. Selection. It's a smorgasbord of of options. I think we would have to define date, but that's probably for another show. <laughs> so, we are available on Spotify. We're on YouTube. We're on Facebook, as you can tell. We are on Instagram. We are everywhere. Straight No Chase of the Podcast. Please like, share, subscribe, tell your friends, and join us here again next week where we're going to talk about whatever you're mad about on social media. So, uh, gentlemen, it's 11-11. Y'all got anything to say? 10-11. Well, it's 10-11 for you. It's 11-11 on the East Eastern Standard Time. Yeah, make a wish. 11-11. There you go. Peace, y'all. On that note, we shall holla. Yeah. Peace. to tell that story. So, wait a minute. Turn the recording off. <laughs> Turn the recording off. Straight, no chaser.